What's up, everybody? It is Wednesday, April 26th. We are going to talk NBA playoffs. A lot to talk about. What's going on with the Lakers? What's going on with the Celtics? Ah, We didn't expect anything from the Celtics. What's going on with the Knicks? We're going to talk about that. Phil Mickelson has broken history again. Not broken history, but made history again. So much more. The Wire starts right now. What is up, everybody? What's up, fellas? Uh, we are missing Richie Phillips this week, but he will be back. He will be back. He is working, and that is okay. So uh, real quick, guys, because we do have some some topics to get to. How are you doing? Doing great. Glad to be here with you, fellas. Let's get it. Yes, sir. Let's go. <laughs> All right. Well, let's go ahead and get things kicked off. Now, we do have a goat alert to take care of. Um, and we will get Richie's uh, weigh in when he comes back on the GOAT alert. So this first half, uh, we will cover a story and then we'll get into the GOAT conversation. So first and foremost, uh, let's look at the start of the NBA playoffs because they have happened. Um, they're going on. Uh, I do around this time every year, we have to remind the guests that we do record a couple of days before you see this. So there may be a game or so after we have uh, recorded. But let's let's talk about the Nets game one against the Celtics. Um, the Nets took the dub 104 to 93. Now, Boston is said by many to be outmatched anyway. But that being said, I do have a couple of questions, guys. Uh, first and foremost, what is there to be said about the cohesiveness shown by the Nets big three in game one? Because we do know going into the playoffs, they'd only played a handful of times. I believe it was seven or eight times where they played together. And from where I was sitting, as much as I don't want to root for them, they, they played like a cohesive unit. They, they shared the weight of the ball uh, or the weight of the game. What do you guys think? Yeah, um, they, they look like how you would expect them to look. And uh, one thing that I thought that was impressive to me was what they did on the defensive end, holding the Celtics to just 93 points. Like, I figure, like, anytime you watch the Nets, it's going to be a high-scoring game. Um, pretty much teams are going to be doing what they want. But honestly, I, I think uh, the Celtics weren't really ready for game one. Um, they looked like they were lacking energy. I mean, they were up for a little bit. They were making it a game, but then they, I think they just ran out of gas. Um, but um, for the Nets, it's, it, it's, it's totally not shocking at all to see them come out and play play a good first game um it, it wasn't spectacular they did what they had to do but um it's encouraging for sure marvin uh we we really haven't seen these guys play together did they did they know all along that, that it wasn't going to be a problem and that's that's why or are, are we seeing sahi's uh Conspiracy theory come to come to fruition where they were just taking turns, taking breaks. Nobody was ever really hurt. 
<laughs> I think they knew all along going into this game that they had the advantage. I mean, uh, Boston's missing Jalen Brown, which is a huge, huge loss to their team. They're starting five because when you got Jason Tatum out there and Jalen Brown on the same floor, you're balancing out your offense. I mean, along with Kimball Walker. So, I mean, they have like a, a big three of their own, but they're outmatched and they just don't have enough talent. Um, their starting five doesn't match up with, with, with the, the net starting five. I mean, uh, KD, Kyrie, and, and James Harden combined for 80 points. So when you look at that, I mean, Boston has to, you know, play better defense, but at the same time, you know, they can't guard any of those guys one-on-one. <laughs> you know, the, I think a lot of switches you had, <laughs> Tristan Thompson come out there to guard James Harden. That can't happen. You know, James Harden's just going to do a step back three and just shoot it right in his face, draw the foul. And Kyrie Irving's going to do what he does. So Boston is just, uh, unfortunately, they're, they're just shorthanded right now. They have no Jalen Brown. And, you know, I think uh, outside of that, you got to look at the coach. I think after, you know, if you look at the end of this series, we probably got to examine Brad Stevens being somewhat of an issue in Boston because you've got you've got a lot of talent here. I mean, they haven't necessarily, you know, made uh they've taken some they've taken some short steps back. You know, granted the Jalen Brown injury, but uh this game alone kind of just, you know, stands out, you know, to me whether or not they're gonna really stick it out in this series because Blake Griffin had one point. And if you get Blake Griffin and the rest of the role players to actually show up, it could have been a blow. It could have been more of a blowout. It could have been 132 to 93. You know, it could have been 146 to 93. You know, see, that's and that's the thing. So I think Boston has to make the right, has to make the necessary adjustments going into game two. But um, after game one, Sean, I don't really see what they could do. Yeah, let's go ahead and touch on that. What do you what do you think the le- the rest of this series looks like? Is it just going to be a blowout, or can, can Boston get back in it? I, I think I think it's, it might be. I don't want to say it's going to be a blowout, but I, I think that the Nets can can easily sweep this series. You know, I, I really don't see in Boston getting a, a win. You know, uh, you know, on the next you know three games, I really don't see it. I mean, I think Jason Tatum could put on a great performance, but I just don't think it's enough. You need a, you need the other guys to show up. You need Kimball Walker to play better. And, but Kimball Walker and Jason Tatum are, are probably not enough. Now, if they get hot, you know, who knows? It could be a closely contested game, one of these, you know, games in Boston. But uh, Boston's going to have to put up a fight. If anything, I only see them winning one game. Sahi, what do you think? Well, I, I think Boston has a has a chance, especially with Jason Tatum. Yeah, you don't have Jalen Brown and uh, some of the other guys are, are a little down, but Jason Tatum's a star player. I think he could when when they go to Boston, they can maybe snatch a game or two, make it a five, maybe six game series. I don't see the Nets as killers, as in they're just going to come out and just sweep you and dominate you like that. They got to prove that to me before I give them that. Like, oh, uh, they're just going to wipe the floor with the Boston Celtics. Um, I feel like Jalen Brown, he's uh, he, he's got some pride about himself, and he's not going to let it happen like that. You know what I'm saying? He's not going to just let K 
KD and Kyrie come in there and, you know what I'm saying, sweep them. At least I hope not. <laughs> All right. Well, that, that does bring me to my next point about this, and then we'll move on. Is it time to stop worrying about the Nets? I mean, we talked about it all season long. The Nets <clears throat> theoretically should be this big powerhouse, right? And and they should. We we know they can put the the offensive power together. We haven't seen a whole lot of defense until this first playoff game, where we saw a little bit of defense going on. Um, with this cohesiveness between the big three and some defensive showing and and some playoff momentum starting to build, can we stop worrying about the Nets? We think so. No, no, we can't stop worrying about the Nets. Um, they should be scoring three hundred points. No, I'm just playing. They should be scoring <laughs> a lot of points a game, not just a hundred and four points a game. You know what I'm saying? Uh, they need to be shooting the lights out. Um, yeah, the defense looked a little bit better, but um, you know, like like Marv was saying, the, the Celtics are shorthanded. You know what I'm saying? They don't have all everything hitting right now. So the Nets should have really came out and blew these boys out of the water, but um, they didn't. Didn't the Celtics play in the play-in tournament? So they're they're tired from the play-in tournament coming in. You know what I'm saying? It's been a long season now. They got to play the Nets, and they play hard enough to to stay in it within. You know what I'm saying? 10, 11 points. But you know what I'm saying? I'm still worried about the Nets for sure. Like I was saying about them sweeping, they got to show it to me before I start believing. Marvin? Uh, yeah, I'm going to have to agree. We can't stop worrying about the Nets just yet. They haven't been tested. Uh, like I said, Boston is is underhanded. Um, so this is not the ideal test that uh, the fans like us, even on the wire, are expecting to see. We expect them to see them go up against, you know, Philly. Expect them to go up against Milwaukee if they advance. You know, uh, but they're going to have to... Uh, prove that they're you know they're ready defensively you know that they're they're just as defensively sound as their offense and they haven't proven that yet because they haven't been on the, fl- the floor enough together so I think they got a long way to go you know even past the first round so uh, we'll, we'll see but I'll, they're not out of the woods yet uh, they don't they don't have they gave up the assets that they needed I think to to be a uh, a, um, a dual threat, you know, offensively and defensively. When they gave up Jared Allen, when they gave up Karis LeVert, I mean, you sacrificed that for superstars. You got James Harden, Kyrie, and KD. But can they can they defensively, you know, do it for a seven game series? We're gonna see. So I don't I don't think we're out of the woods yet. Well, I'll wait till we're whole before we go back to making amends. But I will I will take this little second to say I am surprised at how cohesive the three did look um, and how much they shared the ball and, and shared the opportunity. And they, they, they looked like a team. So I got to go back on what I've said in the past. We're done with that, though. Okay, so let's move on. Uh, we're going to take a step out of basketball because I think the whole rest of today is about basketball. And I'm sorry, folks, but it's NBA playoff season. But history was made. Uh, Phil Mickelson, at age 50, has made golf history as he turned two bogeys in his first three holes into a PGA championship. That makes Mickelson the oldest golfer to ever win the chip. Um, And this win pads his now six major victories. He's got, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, I think it's, I I put a pound symbol in here, so that must be three, (laughs) three Masters, 
two PGAs and a win at the Open. Um, guys, first and foremost, how does this win resonate with, with you? And I think we start with Marvin. No, I mean, it's a, it's a great uh, moment in history for Phil Mickelson. I mean, um, not really a big Phil Mickelson guy. You know, I'm a Tiger Woods guy, but if I had to put that aside, uh, respect Phil Mickelson's game, his career, everything that he's uh, he's put in. Um, he's definitely, it's been a while since he's won a major. Uh, he's definitely, you feel like some of the majors and, and tournaments I've watched, it seemed like Phil wasn't in the in the field. But he's he's kept playing all these years, and uh, with no signs of really uh, kind of slowing down. If he wants to join that Champions Tour, because I know at 50 years old, this is huge because you have that opportunity to join that Champions Tour. Uh, Champions Tour consists of guys that are retired from the PGA that are at that age, but he's still playing professionally. Uh, so that's something to highlight uh, because there's a lot of guys that you know <laughs> just ready to kind of. Get, give up the, you know, kind of give up the game. You know, they're, they've lost that, uh, some of the ability that they had when they were younger or throughout their, throughout their thirties, kind of lose a little bit, uh, kind of lose a little bit off of, you know, the, maybe the swing, their short game, whatever it may be, um, as they get older, but still has kept his game sharp and he deserved to win. Um, now, uh, the, the real question I think is what can Phil sustain it for you know can he can he string along these victories because Phil Mickelson hasn't done that you know to me uh, in a long long time and, and a lot of guys you know, like I said at that age it's tough to do that when you got a lot of guys in the field that are that competitive so he, uh, so like I mentioned he actually started pretty rough he had two bogeys in his first three holes what is there to be said about, uh, you know, someone at that age with kind of the majority of his career behind him having a rough start? And then, you know, as an athlete, I mean, I'm sure you can appreciate him turning that into the chip. Yeah, I mean, uh, if, if you stick with it, perseverance, you know, um, I, I feel like in golf, it's, it's just uh, you'll have you'll have your days. You know? um, I don't I'm terrible at golf, so. I don't watch it. I don't understand the lick of it. <laughs> to be honest, to be honest, um, but bogeys uh, are bad. <laughs> bogeys are bad. <laughs> See, a, a second, I was, I was, just, I was just about to say, yeah, he made those bogeys. Who's doing it? Who's doing it like Phil? That's what, like that's, what, see, that's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking about. If Tiger's not playing, then it kind of takes a little bit off of the viewership right. watching the tournament. That's right. what I'm saying, especially right. on the wide. You know, yeah, that's what we yeah, never talk about. Like the Tiger playing. That's right. the first question that came to mind, and he was like, "Nah, oh, okay." Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I was. I thought uh, Phil Mickelson was. That's his name. I thought he was retired. I, I know yeah. he's been in the game a long, long, long time. And they hear him. I, I, that's great. I feel like it's terrible for for the. I, I'm not going to say that, but because a 43 year old quarterback just won the Super Bowl, but but <laughs> for your team, <laughs> right for my team. But so I mean, that's that that's kind of what it reminded me of. It's like, man, it, the old guys are really. You know what I'm saying? As I get older, it's like inspiration to me kind of in a way if you think about it like you know you stick with it long enough yeah 
I'm getting old, so you know what I'm saying. Just stick with it. Maybe I, I, I you know what I'm saying. <laughs> it's on its way. <laughs> right. Well, right, I mean. Right. Just some names off the top of my head. Uh, Mickelson is only five years Tiger Woods elder. So, and Tiger Woods just had one what a year ago, or two years ago. Yeah, yeah. Tiger need to take uh, go back to driver's ed. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It would so, seem. I thought Mickelson was like one of those guys playing in the seventies with, uh, you know, Arnold Palmer and the. No, like no. He's not that uh, old. He's 50, he said so he's only he's only a few years older than Tiger. He's five years older. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, Tiger's wow. forty-five right now. And then you know we did live through Randy Couture okay, on the only, UFC yeah, Heavyweight yeah, yeah. Championship at forty-seven. So yeah. Yeah. See, I had no idea Phil Mickelson was. 50. I thought he was a lot older than that. I thought he was like <laughs> 60, 70. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, oh, well, and that that so far is the oldest <laughs> win in championship history. And uh, so do do we think he can do it again? Uh, Marvin brought up the question, you know, can he sustain it? Do we think he'll do it again? Or, you know, I even watched an interview with him where he said, I don't like know. Like I told my friend on Sunday when he texted me about Phil, about Phil Mickelson winning, and I was like, nah. <laughs> so I think I might, I think I'm going to stay the same. I'm going to hold, hold my stance <laughs> for him not stringing it together. I'm not a hater. But feels just too competitive. <laughs> I'm gonna say he's gonna do it. He's gonna go for two. Go for two. He's just got. He's uh, trying to keep the good karma alive for time. Hopefully, time. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yes, sir. All right. Let's let's get. Uh, I think we can squeeze one more in here before we get on to the uh, to the main event for the first half because we got some some whopping stories for the second half. So let's talk about. Uh, Carmelo Anthony. Okay, we're gonna switch back over to the NBA. The whole rest of the show, except for the wild card, is the NBA. Uh, Carmelo, Carmar, yeah, Carmelo Anthony had 18 points and three uh, three pointers in the Trailblazers win over the Denver Nuggets. Now, if you don't know, Denver is one of his hometown crowds, right? Because he did play for that was seven seasons over at the Nuggets. Um, but he was booed. Virtually throughout the game, he was booed. Uh, still, you know, and I, I, I don't understand. We, we saw a lot of animosity with like Cleveland and James and, you know, these teams and these crowd base. I mean, is guys, first and foremost, I have to ask why are the Nuggets fans still booing Carmelo Anthony? Sahi? Um, because he's the enemy. You know, it's playoff time. I can see if it's even a regular season game. Then nobody, I know he's, he played in Denver and he won some playoff series and he did some nice things in Denver. But he, he the way he left Denver, like, especially come playoff time, the way he left when he was there, that, that's going to put a, they, he broke hearts in Denver. So it's understandable that they're going to boo him every single time. Especially if, especially that he's doing good. You know what I'm saying? He's coming in there. He's coming into your house after a long career. He used to play for you and he, he's mixing you up, doing you dirty. Yeah, you're going to boo him. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like if, if, if your ex do you dirty, you ain't going to be happy for her after she, you see her doing good. You know what I'm saying? You'll be like, man, that, you know, 
I hate you. That's what you're gonna be saying inside. But the Denver fans just let it out. You know what I'm saying? Marvin, it's been a while since we've been able to have fans side by side. And I do want to bring up this cool little statistic just because it's on the top of my head. I saw something like 92% in certain stadiums over the course of the playoffs have vaccinated fans, which I just wanted to do a quick little thank you to the people that went ahead and did that to make it possible to be sitting side by side and cheering on. But Marvin, my question is, is it time to let it go? Why are they still booing the man? No, it's time for them to let it go. I mean, what, what what good does that do booing him now? I mean, yeah, I see that he's the enemy and all, but how many years ago was that <laughs> since he'd been there? I mean, let it go. You got Nikolai Jokic. You got the Joker. You got Jamal Murray coming back. You know, the only reason that they're booing is just because they might get sent home in the first round. That's the reason why they're booing. <laughs> because I think that they feel that they're going to get bounced in the first round, which is very possible because they have, like I said, they have no Jamal Murray. The fans know it. They want to take it out of Carmelo. But, you know, as we all know, it's a reflection of how these fans feel about their team <laughs> and their future right now. And they know that their future is not going as far as they did last year. So I don't know why they're taking it out on Melo, but all we know is that this is just, they're projecting <laughs> this on the wrong person. <laughs> they should get mad at Damian Lillard for dropping 34 on their head. <laughs> so <laughs> get mad at him because he looks like he's ready to send them home in the first round. That's what they should be worried about. But the fans, real enemy. Yeah, but the fans, they just go to show that a guy can give you seven years of his best, want to go somewhere else because he know he can't win there. <laughs> At that time, he knew he, yo, we wasn't winning there. Mm. Uh, so I mean, these fans, they like I know they got their hearts broken, but they also got to understand how the organization worked, and it was still work to this day because once those contracts are up, teams are trying to make pitches and snatch the hearts of, you know, out of right at you know, start to snatch hearts right out of the fans' chest by taking their star player and put them on another team. So I mean, it's not Melo's fault. It get the same thing. The fans probably would boo Nikolai Jokic if he went to the Knicks. You know, when his contract is up or Jamal Murray when his contract is up, he goes somewhere else. They would boo it. So it would never change. So <laughs> man, whatever. These fans they gonna do what they do. What about Brooklyn, man? You you lived in Brooklyn. What what if Melo goes and and has a game in Brooklyn? Is he gonna get booed there? Nah, he ain't gonna get booed in Brooklyn. He's from Brooklyn. <laughs> <laughs> he, he is Brooklyn. He's Red Hook Brooklyn. So they not gonna boo him there. Melo is beloved in in New York. Uh, they knew what happened here wasn't his fault. <laughs> it was Phil Jackson that ran him out of town. Um, but now nah, Brooklyn would give him probably a warm reception. They give him more respect than those Denver Nuggets fans deserve <laughs> because they got they got two stars, two all stars, and they're <laughs> booing a former all star. <laughs> That's not even they don't even have more points than the current all star on, the, on their team. <laughs> so these fans don't know what they want, man. Sahi, is that true, or is he the enemy in Brooklyn too because he left? Uh, when uh, he walks into that Denver stadium again, they need to be playing that uh, that CeeLo. I see you <laughs> driving around town with the girl I love, and I'm like, fuck. 
<laughs> that's what they need to be doing but in uh new york in new york um nah like he said he's from new york they're not gonna boo one of them you know what i'm saying like he said he was forced out of uh new york so he, he he good in new york but at denver they really ain't had nothing they trying to taste it so anybody that that they view was the enemy they feel they look at him like a traitor and once you a traitor you always a traitor because <laughs> you know what i'm saying they don't have nothing to look at you know what i'm saying for either his years or after like cleveland they could forgive Brown. he came back and gave him a championship you know what i'm saying but denver they ain't got nothing. All they got is hate in their hearts. And they let it out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you brought the man up, and we had a goat alert last week. It's time to argue it. Richie, I know you're watching at home. We miss you, my friend. Uh, we can't wait to hear your take on this. But Marvin, last week, you did claim that LeBron King James is the greatest basketball player of all time. I believe it is time to address that. So how we do it when we have a, a, a goat alerted to address, you are going to go ahead and state your case for LeBron James as greatest of all time. Sahi, you'll rebuttal, and then you guys can just have at it. Okay, sounds fair? Cool. Fair to me, it's cool. All right, it's, it's all you, Marvin. Go ahead. Okay. Where do I start? All right. LeBron James, to me, is the greatest player of all time because he brought a championship to Cleveland, Cleveland, Ohio. And if you take LeBron and you switch him with Michael Jordan and you give Michael Jordan those same Cavalier teams that LeBron had to drag to the finals, he would never come up. He would never have a ring. It would have never happened. Michael Jordan Michael Jordan, if you switch him with LeBron, is not beating that Golden State Warriors team. That's not happening. And so the fact that LeBron was able to accomplish that just, I, to me, set him aside from, from Michael Jordan because he did something that I believe he couldn't do for, a, for one of the smallest market franchises in the NBA. We just don't see that happening. You know, Chicago well, is a... Is a you know, is a is a high is a is a is a high market city. You know, so I mean, you got you, they had a lot of value, so they were able to have a Michael Jordan was able to have a cast alongside for him to for those six championships. LeBron didn't. You know, he had Kyrie and Kevin Love. You know, which which fortunately they were able to win that that one championship. But when you look at you know the greatest of all time, I think LeBron stands out for Michael Jordan because of his work off the floor. I mentioned that before, you know, his his activism for racial injustice, you know, for against, in, against police brutality, all that factors in, you know, with me, you know, personally, because it just shows that he's willing to speak out, that he's not afraid to use his position, he, his voice, he's aware how powerful his voice is, and not only to uh, the people of Ohio, where he's from, but across the world. You know, the kids across the world. I feel like nobody has had an impact on the game or our youth really as much as LeBron James has. Now, I'm not saying Michael Jordan has it. I'm not. I'm not not taking away anything Michael Jordan has done. You know, but when I 
compare the GOATs, the greatest of all time, you know, those are three guys to think about, LeBron, Kobe, and Mike. Now, it's hard to shuffle them around and say which one's first. I had to respect Kobe, you know, but without Michael Jordan, there wouldn't be, I mean, without, you know, there wouldn't be Michael Jordan, there wouldn't be Kobe, and there wouldn't be LeBron. So, you know, without the three, they've all modeled, them, you know, their games after one another, but um, I think LeBron has separated himself from the pack. You know, uh, you know, you look at the achievements. You know, the four MV, the four championships, the the four MVPs, um, the numerous All Star appearances. You know, and the list goes on. The records that have been broken. You know, you can look at the the finals losses, but look how many times he's been there, and is still going strong at age thirty six. So I think LeBron James is the most durable, uh, most talented all-around basketball player that, that has ever lived. You know, when you look at statistically in every category, what he's been able to do from the beginning of his career to now, it's off the charts. I mean, you're talking about 12 years of averaging over 25 points a game. That is more than Michael Jordan. That is more than Kobe Bryant. That is more than Kevin Durant. LeBron James is in a class of his own. So to me, that is why LeBron James is the greatest of all time because he has done, to me in my mind, has done something that I don't think any other NBA superstar can do in the modern NBA today, which is win a championship with a small market franchise. I just won't see it happening. LeBron has done that. And so he doesn't have, you know, he's trying to collect more rings. But to me, when he won that chip in Cleveland, I was like, oh, yeah, you got it. You got it. It's it's there because that's something that I never th- would have thought I'd see. You know, we, you know, the Browns, Eric, Cleveland sports, y'all, Cleveland sports. Think about that for a second, y'all. Think about that. <laughs> y'all laugh. Y'all laugh because I'll tell y'all what comes to mind when y'all think of Cleveland sports. Comedy. You know, them losing all, you know, throughout the years, the fumbles, right. you know, the fumbles, right. the just the embarrassing losses on the biggest stages, Cleveland sports. And LeBron is taking those hits and he finally achieved that championship for Cleveland. 52 years. Remember that, y'all. 52 years. Richie, you watching? 52 years. LeBron did it. He's the GOAT, man. This man is always hating on Cleveland. It doesn't matter <laughs> if it's Division Two Cleveland High School. I love He's Cleveland. Listen, <laughs> I, love, I love Cleveland. I love the city. Y'all know I love the city. Anyone listen to why I know I love Cleveland, man. But they are unsuccessful in sports. They are bad juju. They are bad luck. The lake caught on fire. They have they have been the the joke, a uh, 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 sports joke throughout all throughout all of history. Like when you bring up Cleveland sports, all you can do is laugh, man. I'm telling you, they lost to the. You see the way they lost to the Cubs in 2016. They lost three one. They lost. They were up three games to one. Lost to Don't go ahead, Sai, man. I'm done. I don't want to talk about Cleveland sports. I get too emotional about it. <laughs> the lake is on fire. All right, Sai. It's right. all yours. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, it's hard. It's, it really is hard to argue against LeBron being the greatest of all time. But the, the fact of the matter is, he's not. All right. I, I, I say this all the time. LeBron, 
he was destined to play the game of basketball. He is the most athletically gifted player of almost any sport. You know what I'm saying? He's one of the most dominant players of almost any sport, like that plays professionally. Like, there's no LeBron in the NFL. There's there's no LeBron in golf or hockey. LeBron is this is why they call him King James, because he's the only one. He, he he's one of the most you know what I'm saying? Like, wow, this guy. Look at this guy. He's, he's super fast. He can jump really high. And he can kind of shoot. I mean, he's intelligent. He, he can do all the things. He, he knows where to be, the right spots. Um, and he could get there. You know what I'm saying? So a lot of a lot of guys know the right spots, but they can't get there. He's he's one of the most physically gifted guys ever to play the game of basketball. But does that make him the greatest of all time? Ugh, I don't know. I don't know. I would say Jordan. You know what I'm saying? That's the what do you, what do you say greatest of all time? And Jordan, he's like he's Jordan to me. He's one B because there's a guy that came, the late, great Kobe Bryant, that took everything that the greatest of all time did and it did it better. He, he didn't win, he won one less championship because a guy that he was playing with was a big crybaby, old Shaq. You know what I'm saying? If he could have just stuck it out, they could have won four, five, six, seven. You know what I'm saying? But they, they got their three and Kobe, took a guy in Pau Gasol that nobody really wanted for real. They they took a guy that liked to beat up people and run our tests. You know what I'm saying? The crackhead Lamar Odom, he took them guys to the finals and won twice. You can't say he ain't the greatest of all time. He scored 81 points, man. 81 in this era. LeBron could never score 81. Jordan could probably do it. But against the guys that uh, Kobe was playing against, no way. No way. You. Kobe was the, you know what I'm saying? He was the greatest guy to watch, man. He just made you want to win. Uh, that's all, that Mamba mentality. Ain't no, he took, because there's, who else, who else can you say is a carbon copy of Jordan? Everybody can study Jordan. Everybody can practice like Jordan. But can they do it? The guy that came along, his name was Kobe Bryant, did it won five championships. Yeah, LeBron's been to 10 plus finals, but two of them, you know what I'm saying, they great value championships because he went down to Miami and got them on the cheap. You know what I'm saying? He, he, he low-key stole them championships. He got one in Cleveland. And he got one in LA. He he really only got one championship because <laughs> his, his fourth one was in the bubble. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so like this, this asterisks by three of his championships. The one he got in Cleveland is is the one you really only talked about, which is the his real only championship. Even though he goes to the finals a lot, but. There's no way, there's no way anybody else could be, you know what I'm saying, the greatest of all time other than Jordan. I mean, I, what am I saying? <laughs> <laughs> Do I, I hear to yourself? No, I don't know. 
<laughs> it's Kobe. It's Kobe, without a doubt. <laughs> I mean, it's, they're both one. It's one A, one B. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You can interchange them how you want. <laughs> Marvin, we, we got a couple minutes left. Literally a couple minutes left before the break. Do you have a rebuttal to that? Yeah, man. I mean, <laughs> uh, when you... <laughs> Great he, stole, he, he stole championship. First of all, <laughs> we want to go back and look at the 2016 NBA Finals, right? Draymond Green cost the Golden State Warriors their chance at winning that championship. I mean, that was a 73-9 and team that year. He got himself suspended because he tried to do some WWE low blow shit, you know, and the referee didn't, you know, didn't see it. But when they ran that tape, they're like, okay, we're going to suspend you, Draymond. Uh, Cavs picked up the momentum in game uh, five that led the game, uh, momentum game and get, win in game six. We all know what happened in game seven. There was a, it was all history. But when I you go look at the, the look at the back to back, I mean, you look at that, you know, Brian has a back to back. But not only that, just a real quick rebuttal. I mean, when you look at LeBron, uh, LeBron's teams and his squads over the years, he's had some trash that he's had to drag to the finals. I mean, guys like that. I mean, might as well be us on this panel that he took to the finals. Just complete nobodies. You don't remember their names. And I just think that when you look at his impact on the team, he makes everybody better. You know, he would make us better. You know, I think that we would, you know, if LeBron started just a YMCA team and just, you know, we're like, I'm just going to pick, I'm just going to do a drawing. And, I, you know, I'm going to start with guys from The Wire, different podcasts. I'm going to start with Justin Duvall and Saeed West. And we're going to you know, just build this team. He, would, he just makes everybody better. And he's still doing that at 36. He brings out the best in everybody, you know, and I, I just don't. I don't, I don't know. I don't get it. But he just has that impact on the game differently than those killers like Michael Jordan and Kobe Bryant. LeBron just has a different impact. You know, he's not screaming at team. Well, he does scream, but it's just a different way of camaraderie that he has with the team. You know, Kobe and Mike's teammates feared them. You know, they they absolutely feared them. You know, uh, LeBron LeBron's teams I've noticed. Uh, throughout the years, they don't, they don't fear, they don't necessarily fear him. You know, I think that he has a way of, you know, really bringing out, uh, like I said, the best and every single guy on the roster is trying to make sure everybody's on board to uh, pursue a championship, um, which I think is exactly why uh, LeBron has the finals losses that he does on his record, because, you know, uh, you know, obviously you look at the landscape of the, the East when he was playing, but when you look at that 2018 squad, I dare you to go and and, and I dare anybody to tell me who is <laughs> the second best player on that team. And don't say Kevin Love. <laughs> Sorry, you got anything for that? We're, we're going to go to the break here. They didn't have uh, Kyrie. No, I mean they had. I mean they have Kyrie. They had Kyrie, but <laughs> that's still. I mean, Kyrie injured his kneecap in the 2015 finals. So, I mean, you can't. I mean, if you look at that finals loss, can we really blame LeBron for that? Kevin Love's <laughs> arm was tore out of his socket by Kelly Olynyk. Can we blame uh, LeBron? For that, that is true. We can't that blame LeBron true. for that. LeBron 
was responsible for taking, uh, well, hauling, like he's just a, uh, you know, a U-Haul or Rumpy or some kind of garbage truck company, you know, because he's always hauling trash to the finals. Always, <laughs> always. Why wow, he's got to fight, why wow, he's got to face this super team and that super team. Man, mm. all right. Well, there, there is so much wire uh, still yet to come. These guys have had it. Uh, go ahead and put in the comments below who you think the GOAT is if you don't think it's LeBron James or put why LeBron James is the GOAT. We look forward to hearing from Tony Beach, Tony Ray Beach on the HTG podcast at some point who his GOAT is, but I think we can all guess. And Richie will get it back with us next week. We'll be right back. You're watching The Wire. Don't go anywhere. You know, uh, Marvin, I think Brian might be able to take you and Sahi to the finals, but Sahi's seen me play basketball. I'm never going and to. If you, <laughs> and if you think about it, the Sacramento Kings was a super team back in the day. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It was all about a super team. Yeah. I mean, it had everybody. It had everybody. Maybe Pedro Stoyakovich, Chris Weber. You know what I'm saying? All right, uh, so this is Gary43. He says, I feel like Justin is the reason this country has to put directions on shampoo. Do you even know what you're talking about, bro? <laughs> no, I don't, Gary43. <laughs> I have no idea. I don't even use shampoo. I just use one three-in-one body wash, you bastard. All right, this is from Karen45. How do you feel about being ranked sexiest man on your podcast when Tony looks like a barbecued Kermit the Frog? Jesus Christ. Oh, <laughs> Wait a second. Oh Why? That sounds like a Tony rip. Why is Marvin? That's a Tony wow. rip. Is that towards me? Wow. Does Christy think having a child on her lap makes her seem more likable? Also, get some sleep. You look tired. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Thanks, Breezy. I'm trying. Adam says, I see ratings must have been down. They recruited someone interesting. <laughs> wow. Oh. <laughs> Ashley says, I watch the show a lot and I was wondering, are you all changing the name to RT2M? Richie talks too much. <laughs> I don't know what to say, Ashley, other than I feel like I talk exactly as much as I should. So, fuck <laughs> you, yes. Oh boy. Margaret says, is it me or when Tony talks, do you get the feeling he's constipated? Yeah. <laughs> what? That face right there doesn't really help you. <laughs> All right. Welcome back to The Wire. We had a lot of fun in the first half, and these guys went at it over the GOAT basketball player of all time. Um, but it's time to talk more basketball because it is the NBA playoffs. And it's just that time of year. So let's talk about the Knicks-Hawks game. Man, game one was a dogfight, to say the least. Uh, Trey Young, another player who was bombarded all night with not only booze, but chance of, we'll say FU, uh, throughout the game. But despite the riffraff, he put up, the young man put up 32 points, 10 assists, and 7 rebounds in his first ever playoff appearance. 
I gotta give him a hand before before we go around. I gotta give him a hand. What a first showing! Um, he then gave some love back to the crowd at the end of the at the end of the game with the old Reggie Miller. And then as he's on his way uh, into the uh, the locker room, press caught him saying, "They're awfully quiet now. They're awfully quiet right <laughs> at this moment." Uh, so uh, first things first, how exciting uh, was it for you guys to see fans? back in the stadium for the for the nba playoffs um and as a sidebar question with that was this a display of pent-up aggression by the knicks fan base in, in madison square garden or is this just how it is when you have fans in the nba playoffs uh, i think we're at sahi starting out yeah um it was great. I, I, this is one of the games that I watched from beginning to end. Um, it was great. Uh, Spike Lee was going crazy in the fourth quarter, dancing down the sideline. The fans were hyped. Um, you can tell that New York was waiting for something like this for a long time. Um, they don't. It, it was just good. To, it was just great to see. Um, as far as. Trey Young getting booed and them saying F Trey Young. That's that's just pent up aggression. They haven't been in the playoffs. They forgot what it felt like. They think Trey Young Trey Young is a superstar in them. Let's let's not get it confused. Um so they want to attack their 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 best player. That's what the fans are there for. And that's why they call it home field advantage. Um, and New York, that's a place where you're going to get that. You know what I'm saying? They're not PC um, nice people. You know what I'm saying? Things move fast in New York out here. You know what I'm saying? You you come in there, they play in your team. They're like, yo, son. You you play on my boys, son. Hey, yo, you, man. You know what I'm saying? So <laughs> that's just the that's just the New York spirit. Um, so they're going to they're gonna ride for the hometown to the end. And I, I, I figure, I, I think it's going to be the same thing next game. Um, the, the fans are really going to have a chip on their shoulder because of the way uh, Trey Young ended that last game. So they're going to have signs. They're going to have everything. <laughs> uh, Marvin, you're out there in New York. It is currently your hometown. Uh, <laughs> is that the energy? Did he describe it well? Oh, yeah, that's definitely the energy. Uh, uh, Madison Square Garden, but 10 minutes down the street <laughs> so <laughs> you can feel it uh people are not messing around uh, <laughs> they their nicks are back so they are excited they on the edge of their seat but like sahi was saying i mean young trey young is exactly what he is he's a young superstar in the league and he's trying to make a name for himself and that's exactly how he's going to react <laughs> if the crowd if a new a typical new york crowd goes off on him like that you know they kind of you know the old in the new york uh fans are old school man they don't care who you are they don't care uh you know they would do it you know uh pay respects to the late kobe bryant they used to boo him <laughs> they boo all kinds of superstars <laughs> that come up in that building <laughs> you know when it's playoff time you know these knicks fans they're gonna do whatever it takes to be they like the player they, they're like one they like being like they're one of the players they like acting like they're one of the players so they're going to do whatever it takes to make sure you're uncomfortable in that house. And, uh, you know, I think that the Hawks are going to, you know, are going to have to just, uh, you know, keep, uh, 
feeding off that energy come game two. But we'll see if uh, the Knicks can put up a fight. Yeah, that's something to think about. I mean, we've been talking about the Knicks Cinderella story to the finals. And uh, last week, you know, I need to remind you, you guys both, I believe, said that you think that the Knicks could make it through the Hawks. Not anywhere past that. I think we all agreed. Um, but with this first uh, showing with the young, uh, the young, young, <laughs> um, w- w- do we think the Knicks can turn this around, Marv? Yeah, I think they can. Uh, they lost the game on a, a last-second shot, a game-winner. Uh, they played great throughout the game. Um, made I think by Trey Young. Yeah, name. made by Trey Young. Um, I think that if they make the necessary adjustments come game two, uh, they should come out on top. They definitely have to play more defense, and uh, Tibbs is a defensive-minded coach. But when you're going up against such a, 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 a offensive threat, in, you know, in the Hawks, which, you know, you got Trey Young, you know, you're going to have to make sure, you know, you, you know, you put Julius Randle in the right spots where he can be aggressive and do what he's been doing all season long. And like the less of the rest of the rest of the role players come with him until, you know, until they can get a major superstar in the offseason. But I think if they make the right adjustments, they can tie the series come game two. Sahi, you, you said you watched from ticket punch to ticket toss. Did do you think they can turn it around, or do you think it's going to be the Hawks that, that take away the series? Oh yeah, for sure they can. They have the ability. Um, I, I, I think they let it slip away from them a, a little bit. Um, Trey Young made a great shot, um, but I feel like Julius Randle didn't play his best game. Um, and I feel like if he, he he's not going to play two bad games in a row, um, they definitely got a shot um, at take at taking it. It's going to be a great series. It's going to be it's going to be a it's, it's going to be seven games for sure. You know what I'm saying? These teams are going to battle it back and forth, and this is going to be like where one of the young superstars in the East is it going to be Trey Young going into next year because both of these teams are out after this. But is it going to be Trey Young or? Is it going to be somebody out of New York? If that's what New York and the media wants, they want New York to win this series so they can talk about it all offseason. They can talk about a new young superstar. Um, and, and you know what I'm saying? We're just going to see who it's going to be. R.J. Barrett's out there. Julius Randle, he's capable. Trey Burke, he might be the unsung hero that comes out of nowhere. Um, no, not Trey, uh, Alec Burke. You know what I'm saying? So we'll, we'll see. We'll see. I think they got it. All right. All right. Now we're moving on to a subject that I'm sure Richie's going to be glad to miss because uh, he's just tired of talking about the man. But we got to talk about the fact that something we really didn't expect. I think everyone called uh, both the Warriors and the Lakers moving on, regardless what happened in the play in. Uh, but the Memphis Grizzlies actually moved on and sent the uh, Golden State Warriors home. Uh, the Warriors ended the season with a record of 39 and 33. That's ninth in the NBA Western Conference. Um, now, something that I thought was pretty interesting, and I wouldn't just bring it back to the table without some something like this. But Steve Carr, in a post game interview, said the season was an absolute success. Uh, he claimed that over the last 22 games, the team had the absolute best defense in the NBA. Uh, and he said that they played good basketball all season. Uh, so first things first, fellas, do you agree? Was the Warriors season a success? Mark? Yeah, I think it was. 
for all the odds that were stacked against them, not having Clay Thompson and not having James Wiseman, I mean, losing your your core, you know, that you you built around. I mean, and you're really your foundation, not having the Splash Brothers. So they were already at a disadvantage to the start of the season uh, because I honestly thought they weren't going to do anything. <laughs> you know, they were trash at the beginning of the year. They were getting blown out by 50 or more points. Um, Stout, uh, Steph will put a towel over his head and uh, it would just be a sad sight to see. You know, uh, not too sad for me because <laughs> I'm biased and I'm a Lakers fan. But anyhow, um, I would say it was success. It's, it was a success because Steph has such a phenomenal year. I mean, what he was doing uh, every night was just historic. Um with playing with uh, offense that's completely limited. You know, when he goes off the floor, uh, they're pretty much whack. I mean, they have Jordan Poole. They've got, uh, what I think, Toscano. They've got, um, I mean, they've still got Draymond, but Draymond is an offensive liability. Uh, but I think when you look at where they were at the beginning of the year, when they started out completely trash and then ended up in the play-in, and challenging the Lakers and almost beating the Lakers, I think it, you could say it was a success. I think if this playoff, the playing tournament didn't exist and they were the seventh, eighth seed, I think they would have probably made some noise in the first round, probably taking a team seven games. So I think, it, you know, this this season wasn't a wash. And I think there'll be threat, a threat next year. Saeed, can you agree with that statement or, or do you disagree with the, the season being a success for the Warriors? Um, basically, just saying a different, was it a success? No. By Warrior standards, they want to be in the, 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 the conversation for winning it all every year. But was the failure acceptable? Yes, um, I feel like. And uh, it showed that Steve Kerr is the coach that they need. He kept the boys inspired and playing hard all through the season. Um, uh, Steph Curry is the bad boy. You know what I'm saying? Everybody got to see that uh, towards the end of the year through the through the season that he was talking about is people were calling him the best basketball player ever. Um, and we weren't expecting the Warriors to be any kind of a conversation. So... <clears throat> Was it acceptable that they made the playoffs? I thought they squeeze in, like you said. We all picked them to get in. Um, I thought they squeeze in, but they didn't. So they kind of fell toward our expectations. It was a surprise to see them where they were, and it's a good sign headed into next year. Um, but once they get Clay Thompson back, the uh, the West needs to watch out. But I feel like they do. We're gonna they they're gonna have to add a piece, like like Marvin said, uh, Draymond's a uh, offensive liability for sure. Um, he's great for the defense, but they're going to need somebody else to really compete in that Western Conference, even for NBA championship, the way teams are shaping out. Um, well, I, I guess we'll talk more about Steph Curry later, but... Um, yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll go ahead and get into it right now. I mean, to your point and to a point we made earlier on, um when things get rough <laughs> on a player, you know, another thing that was talked about in the post-game interview is there's still no update on Clay Thompson's return. We don't know if he will be ready to come back at the start of next season. We don't know if he'll be able to come back in the mid-season or at all next season. So if Clay Thompson's return stays as a big question mark, 
Do we think the Steph Curry is going to start looking for a new home in the NBA? Well, he wouldn't have to look too far. <laughs> he can go to Tinseltown right up the street. You know, it's not that far. And uh, I think that would uh, give LeBron what Sahi was talking about in the previous segment would give LeBron a super team, you know, <laughs> and with something I've, I've always wanted to see. I want to see LeBron and Steph just dominate the league. That's what I want to see. I want to see them run through the Western Conference. I want to see them win 70 games. I want to see LeBron have to coach his way to a fifth ring. That's what I want to see because all the other rings I he have been hard to get. They all been hard. <laughs> all <of them>. Right. <laughs> a great value championship so it's so hard to so, he need to he need to tie, tie Michael Jordan real quick, get these two more rings <laughs> done. Sahi, you think uh if, if Clay Thompson doesn't come back soon, do you think Steph is gonna start looking elsewhere? Um, yeah, he definitely should. He definitely should. Like I said, they're going to need more help um, if even if they want to compete anywhere. Um, uh, I, I feel like uh, Marvin's. I would love to see him and LeBron team up. What type? What kind of woo, firepower would that be? It's an All Star um, game so would, every yeah, night. Yeah, it'd be the yeah, Lakers be, versus uh, the Nets every year. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> think about it. y'all. Just think about it for one second. LeBron, Steph, and AD. <laughs> yeah, that would be nuts. Richie. Richie's God. rolling around his his living room in his chair right now, watching this. Super upset with you, Marvin. I know. <laughs> hey, man, a man, a man can dream. <laughs> Continue, Saeed. Sorry, I cut you off. Oh no, I, I was pretty much done with that. Like, um, he should, <laughs> he should, he should look elsewhere for sure. Especially go to LA. Um, yeah, that's the only team I would see him going to if he were to leave. To be honest, but you, who knows? I would. Yeah. He, he does. He the Warriors either on. need to add some, add somebody, or he needs to move on could wind up with a Cavaliers jersey on. You never know. Anything could happen no. in the NBA. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't think he's on. He's from Akron. <laughs> I don't think he's he was born at Akron Hospital. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Nobody wants to talk about that. Uh, <laughs> well, we, uh, we've tiptoed all around the Lakers, but let's talk about them and uh, something that that I think needs to be brought up because I've been asking you guys and you didn't seem worried. You didn't seem worried, but let's talk about Lakers game one against the Phoenix Suns. Now, the man of the night, if you had to give a man of the night award, it probably doesn't go to who you would have expected with names like LeBron James, Anthony Davis, Chris Paul, all on the court. Uh, I would have to say, and you guys can disagree with me, that's fine, uh, that it goes to Devin Booker. Devin Booker led the Suns to a hometown victory, 99-90 to over the L.A. Lakers. Uh, Booker finished with 34 points, 7 bounds, rebounds, and 8 assists. But the boy was on fire. Um, LeBron James put up 18. AD only managed 13 points in the whole matchup. So I've got a slew of questions. We're going to stick with this for a little bit here. First question is, if I'm wrong, if it's not Devin Booker, who is the best player on the court? Or if it is Devin Booker and you agree with me, were you surprised? Saeed? Um, the, the real question here is where was the best player? We all know who the best player is. It's LeBron James on that court. Um, 
Where 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 was it? Where was AD? Where were the best players? Um, they didn't show up. That's the story of the game. Um, yeah, uh, Devin Booker is a great young talent, and he played he played one of his best games last night. Um, I wouldn't say best games. I'm not going to go that far, but he played a he played a real solid game. He, him and Aiden uh, teamed up, and they and they really stuck it to LeBron and them. Uh, truthfully. Um, that was his first playoff. They're both first playoff ex- uh, experience, so they did a great job. But uh, where where were the best players? Was my answer. Marvin, same question. Yeah, uh, I'll have to go to piggyback off what Saeed said about where was the best players at. You know, uh, I think you put out an APB on Anthony Davis because I don't know where the hell he was the other night. I mean, nine points. This dude dropped 31 on them last game. Did a a three, almost a 180 dunk and said, I'm back. You can't drop nine points against him in the next game. That doesn't make any sense. So um, the Lakers, the, the Lakers to me, Um, they are playing too passive right now. And, you know, this has always been a knock against LeBron. And it's always been my knock against LeBron. They've been in me speaking so highly of him in the previous segments. But LeBron, to me, in game ones of the first rounds of the NBA postseasons, he always seems to play so passive. And so when he plays passive, I feel like, like I said, he has an impact on the team. It's a trickle-down effect. Everybody else does too. So I don't know if it's a, it's a fill-out game or whatever it is, but the Lakers can't afford to be filling out teams, you know, or, you know, Le- or LeBron can't afford to be this passive in game ones, you know, because game two, you don't know what could happen. Like I said, you got these young superstars today, like Trey Young, Devin Booker, Julius Randle. These guys are coming out to get it, you know, so – The Lakers are going. Are you know? Are I don't want to hit the panic button just yet, but they're in some trouble if they don't step it up because you can't. It's unacceptable to have your one-two punch only combined for what less than twenty-five points. You just can't. You can't have that. You can't. You can't have that. You know, especially in a game that's that's very important. A game one that sets the tone for the rest of the series. So I think you can. You know, take your hat off to Devin Booker. Uh, DeAndre Ayton completely outplayed Anthony Davis. But uh, the Lakers, they have a chance to clean it up in game two, make the right adjustments. Um, it's it's going to be a long series. Uh, but I think the one thing you can look at this, you know, the Lakers catch a break a little bit with Chris Paul kind of going down with an injury. Um, but we'll see how healthy he is. But the Lakers are going to have to step it up if they want to win. Yeah, let's, let's dive into to AD a little bit. I mean, he was described on ESPN as putting on an atrocious performance this week. I mean, and I don't think they're too far off. Uh, but the, the question is, was this an off night for AD? Or was it DeAndre Ayton just being... I mean, he, the kid put up 21 points, 18 rebounds, and he had a 90% accuracy rate. He shot 10 for 11. <laughs> I mean... The, the dude was on fire and he shut him down. Was he just that much better last night uh, against AD? Yeah, last night. 
I'm not going to say overall he's better than Anthony Davis because we all know on his on this panel that he is not. <laughs> but um, this is a test of Anthony Davis's performance. I mean, just being atrocious. And Anthony Davis, like I said, like LeBron, has had these knacks for coming out in games and being extremely passive. I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's lag, jet lag, or whatever it is. But they got to. But he's going to have to snap out of it because that's not. We all know that's not Anthony Davis. Anthony Davis is a walking double double. You know he's not. <laughs> I mean he is one of the most dominant, if not the most dominant big man in the NBA, next to Joel Embiid. You know uh, a power a four uh, a four or five that can stretch the floor, that's got a handle and can as a three. He's better than nine points. We all know that. So this is just, I mean, you, 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 you know, you give a round of applause for DeAndre Ayton, but you know, this is a young, you know, you know, he's a, a young man playing a grown man's game, you know, and he got his, his, his licks on AD in game one. But when you really, when I look at the matchup over the, the entirety of the series, I think AD is going to, I think I'm going to give AD the upper hand. We'll see what he does. That was an atrocious performance. I agree with ESPN, but got to give VD the benefit of the doubt. Lakers have been after the doubt. They're defending world champions. And we'll give it, we'll give it where it's due. He, he did finish out with 13, so not a whole lot better. It uh, doesn't really uh, speak a lot for AD. Now, no. Sahi, I mean, he's kind of putting some of the blame on AD uh, and not uh, not DeAndre Ayton's performance. Um, do you agree with that? But also, do you think that the blame should be on KD? Or do you think it should be on LeBron, or do you think they should split it? Um, I, I feel like they they just came out and and they didn't play with a sense of urgency. They didn't play like they needed this game. Um, uh, Aiden played a, a great game. He's a great player. He's going to have those fights. Um, was it super spectacular? No. Um, in comparison to AD really doing nothing, of, of course, uh, Aiden's performance is going to look look better. They call what AD did was atrocious. Was was Aiden's play the direct cause of AD playing the way he did? I don't think so. Um, um, Aiden's not like a shutdown player. Um, AD's one of the, the the best players in the league. Um, so. Aiden didn't shut down AD, so he just did what he he came to play, and AD did. That's just as simple as that. And when you lose, um, the the blame is going to be pointed at you. So if they whoever wants to take all the blame, somebody's got to be uh, to blame. You know what I'm saying? And in a game like basketball, there's only so many people to blame. Those guys on the court, it's not a lot. Um, they're the two best players, so that's who people are going to point at. And be like, this is your fault. We lost. And if you look at the stats, it's pretty true. Like they both didn't play a great game. It's not like AD had 40 points and LeBron are struggling and had a bunch of turnovers or something. They both didn't score a lot. They they just didn't look like they were ready to play. Marvin, uh, I'll let you answer that too. Do you think they should? Do you think they should share the blame? But also, uh, you know, you guys have had a lot of faith in the Lakers, and I know some of it's biased fan fan base faith, um, but some of it's just based on on facts. I mean, 
they are the team to beat. But even with the injury riddled and working their way down the rankings all the way to almost not even getting in. I mean, they squeezed into the playoffs. Um, now they're here. What do the Lakers need to, to do going forward, you know, specifically with this series, but in general to stay alive? Well, LeBron James has to be LeBron James. Like Sai, you said, he has to be the best. You have to be the best player in the world. You have to be that guy. As LeBron described himself the other night when he hit that shot, you got to be that man in the building. Um, so I think that, you know, uh, with LeBron's <laughs> playoff experience, LeBron's been here before. Um, we, you know, he's seen, you know, going up against teams like this with this much talent. I mean, he's got Chris Paul on the other side, but he's hurt too. But I think the, the Lakers have overcome a lot. Um, I know it sounds like it's it's fan biased, but nah, this is this is uh, just straightforward. Yes, you know they'll go as far as an eighty-five to ninety percent healthy LeBron James takes them. I'll, I'll put it like that. That's how far they'll go. If he goes any anything below that or worse, they're not going. They're not winning. We all know that because Anthony Davis is is not the guy that's completely stepped into that role that a lot of people thought he would, like a dominant, dominant big man like we've seen since Shaq. That's not Anthony Davis. But Anthony Davis is great. But, you know, that's the kind of adjustments the Lakers are going to have to make is that you need your their bigs. Their bigs are going to have to play big. That's what's going to have to happen. I mean, you've got Andre Drummond. You've got, you know, you've got Anthony Davis. you got Marcus Saul. You're going to have to utilize, they're going to have to utilize all their pieces because the Suns are not going to be a quick out. You know, they're, this, this is their first playoff appearance since Steve Nash or whatever. I don't remember when the Suns were in the playoffs. I mean, uh, it seems as if when they got cooler jerseys, they decided to be good. <laughs> you know, the Valley. I mean, where they come up with that? And I was looking at the game of the day. I was like, man, if they were playing with their old school jerseys on, they'd be losing by 20 right now. <laughs> 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 you know, so <laughs> Lakers just got to make the right adjustments come game two. That's all. Um, and we'll see. But the, the Suns are coming are on fire right now. And uh, it's going to be a, it's going to be a tough game, too. Yeah, absolutely. Sahi, uh, well, last little take on the Lakers. What do they need to do to stay alive? Um, to stay alive, they're alive. They're alive and well. Every every uh, playoff series they had in the bubble, they lost game one. Mm-hmm. And everybody was like, "Oh, the Lakers in trouble." Oh, somebody saying LeBron. They lost game one, and then they come out game two. They get the win. They come out game three, get the win, game four, get the win, game five, close it out. So if they lose the second game, we could we go over this and be like, yo, how concerned are you? And I and I might uh I might be a little concerned. Um, um but for the most part, I'm I'm not I'm not worried about what the Lakers are doing. Um the, they seem to be fine. If they lose the second game, then I'll be a little worried. But uh LeBron's got a plan. It's a method to the madness. Um, it's a reason why he's been to as many finals in a row as he has been. He knows how to get there. Um, so it's no Whoa. sweat. It's no no sweat on my back right now. I'm uh, I'm cool. 
I don't I don't need to remind you guys though this season is a bit different right because it is stacked on top of uh, another season and they didn't have Anthony Davis for the majority of the season and he hasn't at least to me you know I've got no allegiance in LA so I I could speak some reason he hasn't shown himself to be fully recovered he's had some good games to say he's back but right out of the rip he kind of looked like he did this past uh this last night to, to be completely honest so we we haven't seen now your guys's faith goes a long way but we haven't seen <laughs> the lakers show themselves from last year with the injuries that they have been plagued with and lebron we can't forget he also missed several weeks but okay uh, we will move on to the wild card as we close it off. And you guys hear my cat wants to get involved by throwing the bell around here. Uh, he's telling us it's time for the wild card. I saved an NFL story for you guys for the wild card. I'm excited. Uh, we're going to talk about Aaron Rodgers <laughs> again. Uh, it's the wild card because, man, this quarterback carousel just keeps spinning around. Um, if Aaron Rodgers doesn't show up, to the Packers OTAs, which stands for Organized Team Practice Activities. We'll get into why the P is not in the abbreviation some other day. Do you guys, do you guys think that Jordan Love will step up and try to, to prove himself and earn that spot over number 12? Uh, keep in mind, these these practices are voluntarily, voluntary, but any other year, we would see Aaron Rodgers at these practices. Um, if Aaron Rodgers is on that team, Jordan Love's not getting on that field. He he, he could be Patrick Mahomes in OTA, all right? He, he's not taking Aaron Rodgers' spot. Um, this isn't the time to do it. Aaron, uh, Jordan Love needs to just go in there and learn, do the best he can. If Because uh, who would expect Rodgers to show up to OTAs anyway? It's not like, you know what I'm saying, that, that they got a lot of young talent on the offense in the draft. Um, you know what I'm saying? They didn't get no great prime receivers in the draft. They're not helping Rodgers out there. Why would he go out there and help them? You know what I'm saying? Y'all go out there and do what you do. You know what I'm saying? It's Aaron Rodgers is going to easy. They're going to play, be starting quarterback or not play because they're not trading them. So it's he, this is a rough situation. It's going to be interesting to see how this plays out. But Jordan Love has no shot at taking the start. <laughs> yeah, well, right. I will say, Marvin, definitely going to give you your piece. I will say, Rodgers has been known to make it to OTA. <clears throat> I mean, he is an extremely helpful uh, quarterback in that regard, and and making it to those practices. Go ahead, Marvin. I mean, he he wants out of there, <laughs> so he's not going to show up. I mean, I think he's dug in at this point. Um, I don't think that the Packers, there's anything that they can do. I think that if Jordan Love is going to have to be as prepared as he's ever been, because it seems as if, you know, and I hope uh, EA Sports and Madden, they prepare for this because uh, Aaron Rodgers will probably not be the starting quarterback for the Green Bay Packers to start of the season. It will probably be Jordan Love. And that changes the entire landscape of the NFC North. So when you look at it, um, I think that Aaron Rodgers is uh, pretty much done with Green Bay at this point. If this hasn't shown you him not, you know, as, if this hasn't proven you what, if, that he's done with them, I mean, this is all the proof you need, him not showing up. 
you know, because that's not Aaron Rodgers, like you said, that we've known over the years. He shows up to OTAs. He's very committed, but he is not committed to this Packers organization because they weren't committed to him. So he's out. So, hey, you got a rebuttal? We, we good there. Yeah, I mean, it's either one or two ways I see it. You know what I'm saying? Aaron Rodgers is going to be, he's going to be in just to, you know what I'm saying, fill out that contract or he's just not going to play. I think he's still trying to decide. I don't see him playing. I would love to see him play in another jersey next year. Um, but it's, uh, I, I don't have anything else on it. It's, this is such a messy situation. It's hard to, because why would he want, you know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm sitting here like, why does he want out in the first place? The Packers don't want to trade him. I mean, I could, they were just in the NFC Championship game. What's really going on with the Packers? Like, they got a great, it's not like they're a sorry team. You know what I'm saying? Like, what's what's going on with Aaron Rodgers? It's, it just blows my mind. I, I can't wrap my head around it to have a solid take on it because it's like, where are we going? What's happening? Well, if it makes you feel any better, I think every sports analyst in any sports station all over the country is asking the same question, Sahi. None of us know. I know one team <laughs> somewhere in Pennsylvania that could use a solid quarterback uh, for a couple of Super Bowls to, to end things. And just no. Yeah. <laughs> talk about you got one. <laughs> no, we don't. <laughs> you got one. Ride him to the wheels. Come off. <laughs> the wheels have been off on the ground. Well, <laughs> stacked up. Those are training wheels. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't. I think so. I think the, the real wheels got knocked off. By you know, one thing what you got in Pittsburgh bike. is an old school bike. <laughs> a bike that still works. It's not flashy, you know, but it still works. You can still go out and it still take you around the block. That's you, what kind of bike y'all got there. You're showing, you're showing the, the world that we're all from Dayton and we had to ride our bikes until the wheels fell off. <laughs> yeah, man, I, mean, I remember putting my bike on the side of the road praying somebody would take it. <laughs> Yeah, Steelers Nation would love to see that. (laughs) It's you know, I think a lot of teams would do their bidding for Aaron Rodgers, but I think point blank, he's done. (laughs) He's done with Green Bay, and I think that the Aaron Rodgers era has is ended in Green Bay. We saw him in the NFC Championship for the last time. I know, speaking as a former Packers fan, I don't want to see them there again. You want to know why? Because they'll lose. <laughs> That's why I don't want to see the Packers go to the NFC Championship again. I want to see the Packers just have to be a real bit, a rebuild team. And maybe maybe four or five years, they get another quarterback that they hype up like Aaron Rodgers that becomes the next Brett Favre. And they treat him the same exact way. It's a vicious cycle in Green Bay, man. Man. Well, this has been one heck of a show. Thank you guys, as always, for your opinions. I love you both. Uh, we will see you next week, Richie. We missed you. Uh, be ready. We, we want to hear your GOAT uh, take on the basketball because I know we can't just leave it the way it was. Um, for The Wire this week, that is all we got for you. Make sure you check us out on uh, next Wednesday at 8 p.m., Every Wednesday at 8 p.m. Eastern, we are coming up on our season finale. We'll keep you posted on that. Um, We only take a couple weeks off here, so don't worry there. Speaking of season finales, make sure this Friday night you check out the H2G podcast. They bring season five to a close. It's going to be the H2G 
season championship for the anything championship game of the week that's going to be fun i don't want to miss it it's a hilarious episode so make sure you go check that out you can find all of our stuff at h2gpodcast.com that goes for both podcasts you can find us on facebook youtube spotify and where all audio podcasts are played till next wednesday have a good one will you man you think uh you think aaron Rodgers is done done like all the way cooked done no no he's not all the way done done he's a magician magicians can go (laughs) for as long as they want to go now what you have in pittsburgh he's not a magician he's like more like a mechanic (laughs) (laughs) and you can rely on him sometimes (laughs) you know he's gonna show up to work he's gonna show up to work he's gonna be there